Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and today we have video... And I'm also joined by Ricky Widmer. Hey, guys. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm not so happy to be a Bulls fan, because <laughs> that's something we're going to talk about today. If you didn't hear, Bulls made a trade. We're furious, kind of. I don't know. We'll get into it, so you got to stick around. We are on video podcast today. If you're mm-hmm. on YouTube, what's up, guys? Drop a like, comment down below. Our first segment will be the Chicago Bulls. But first, I got to preview what else is on tap for today's show. And it's great to have you, Ricky. You know, sometimes I'm by myself, and I... You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I need a partner sometimes. It's always great to be here, and especially when the Bulls do some trade magic. You and me got to put those Bulls heads Yeah, on. well, they're in the news again, and I know you guys on the fast mm-hmm. break will be talking about it. So, I mean, today's just strictly Bulls. We're going to react to that trade and also talk about that, as well as Jay Cutler news. Jay Cutler's in the news, so I'm going to talk about him because, obviously, he's newsworthy and not as bad as you people think. <laughs> so we're going to dive into that conversation. Also, MLB news. Not really news, but a conversation I'm looking forward to having with you. A little speculation. American League West, Astros, Rangers, how good are they? Are they locks for the playoffs? Stay tuned to find out on blogtalkradio.com backslash behind the pen, where we have all of our collective full-length podcasts there on Blog Talk Radio. It's awesome. Again, YouTube, subscribe. Most valuable podcast. If you become a Patreon, that'd be fantastic. My goodness. How much we appreciate you if you're a Patreon. That'd be great. Donate your time. We appreciate you. All right, Ricky, here we go. Here we go. Because the Chicago Bulls traded Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, a 2018 future second-round pick for Cameron Payne, Joffrey Le- Laverne, and Anthony Morrow. Mm-hmm. With the Oklahoma City Thunder now, on the surface, let's just break this down on the surface mm-hmm. for now. Because there's obviously a lot that goes into this move. But for me, this is just the same old Bulls doing the same old thing. Well, and the first thing I thought of was, and this was before I knew this trade was going to happen. This was like hours before the deadline. As a Bulls fan, I'm sitting there going, we have to move Taj. We can't let the same thing that happened a year ago happen again. Last year it was Paul Gasol. Oh, they're going to move Paul Gasol. He's not going to re-sign in the offseason. The trade deadline came and went. Paul Gasol was a bull, took his talents then to Texas to play with the Spurs. And that, that was the big thing, my big worry. And then this trade happened, and really to me, that hang-up for me was Cameron Payne. He right. had to be a part of the deal for me to be okay with it. Right, and and Wojnarowski, Adrian, he, he, you know, at first there were conflicting reports mm-hmm. initially. However, it ended up being Payne and then the two others. I'm not even going to mention them because how irrelevant are they? This is, this Ricky, I'm looking at this. Mm-hmm. This is garbage. This is a garbage return. Now, I know you have a— I, I don't want to say garbage. Oh, no, our Chicago Cubs World Series. Thanks oh, no, a lot, Ricky. That's all oh, right, no. whatever. Anyway, I'm looking at this specifically on the surface, and I'm thinking to myself— Taj Gibson mm-hmm. is worth more, obviously, than well, what they got in return. Now, I know what you're going to say. He is worth more. He is. Given the situation, this uh-huh. is what the Bulls, they they got played. And mm-hmm. this is because 
of their own fault. This is their own doing. They put themselves in this situation. But I want to hear your thoughts on the trade before we go into that conversation. Well, my first thought, and this is kind of a semi-joke, so I mean, take it that way. Which tr- which trade would you rather be involved in, this one or the boogie trade? Would you rather be the Bulls or the Kings? <laughs> well, there's the bright side. At least we are not the Sacramento Kings, and not even don't getting, even get me started on that. Not opinion. even getting a quality pick for DeMarcus Cousins, but yeah, and this one, and we actually had a Twitter follower today who I kind of quoted his tweet and we're having a little conversation um, with him, and he said, well, how do the Bulls not get a number one pick out of this? How do they not do it? And I'm like, you know what? It's easy. It's because, and it's Jason Martinez wanted to give him credit, it's because the Thunder weren't going to give us a first-round pick. And it's it's easy to say if you're the Bulls, well, then we don't make the deal. But then if you don't make the deal, right. we're back to last year. We're back to Paul Gasol. So, I mean, the Bulls, like you said, kind of were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They so, needed to make this deal, but the Thunder weren't going to give up a first-round pick the for re- Taj. The return, mm-hmm. is, it's just so underwhelming. If you're a Bulls fan, Cameron Payne is obviously— It's not sexy, but there are some positives in it if you look. Really hard, but if you, you have look, to look really hard. No, if you look, there are some positives. Okay, now I Anthony mean, Morrow, like when we talked about this, he's before, a rental, and, and Laverne. Don't even think about those him. guys. What are you going to do with them? Well, pretty, pretty much nothing. The thing, what it is, is like I said, Anthony Morrow. Don't even think about him because he's going to be here as long as you can say his name, which isn't going to be very long at all. Where you look at Laverne, and he's a guy that he's a backup center. Well, he's a backup center. Or a power forward, but the one thing that um, Gar and Pack said in their press conference today, and here's the thing, and if this is true, then I can see why they traded for him. They mentioned, oh, well, he's a big that can stretch the floor. What's one thing that we (laughs) haven't been able to do with Fred Hoiberg's offense is stretch the floor. So if we can run Fred's system better with Laverne and maybe there's a little bit of hope, he's a guy where let's get him some play time. Let's see what he can do. Do I expect him to be a long-term solution? No. But can he be a backup for us in the future? Probably not. I'd be fine if we if we even got rid of him so, and he walked at the end of the I think we year. can both agree that the Morrow and Laverne mm-hmm. uh, you know, pieces really are just afterthoughts at this point. Really, it's we got Cameron Payne, a guy that Gar and Pax were high years on. Old. They, were, they, they, he was, they were high on him when he came out of the Murray State team that made a run in the tournament, and two, we do get a little bit of cap because when you think about it— About a million. It, well, if it's still cap. When Laverne, or, yeah, Laverne and Morrow leave, we get that money off the books. Paul Gasol, or not Paul Gasol, he, oh, uh, well, Taj Gibson. Boy. Taj Gibson was worth about 8.9 this year, but then you look at Dougie compared to Cameron Payne— and it's a difference of about, like you said, a million dollars between their salaries yeah, now, next year. You really no, I appreciate that. You mm-hmm. went really in depth and you looked at all aspects of that. Which is, I'm trying to find a positive. No, no, that's that has <laughs> to be trying. said. That has to be said. But when you look at this and uh, the way it all played out, mm-hmm. now I want to before I really dive into this conversation, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Cameron Payne a little bit and his role with the Chicago Bulls team moving forward. Because okay. at 22 years old, a guy obviously. You know, following the shadow of Russell Westbrook, you're not going to really have a chance to develop in Oklahoma City. Now, hold on one second, Ricky, because you mentioned Murray State, right? Mm -hmm. And coming out of Murray State, he was his draft profile, his his whatever his his grade or 
he he was looked at as a guy who was quick, but not athletic enough to match that quickness. Now, when you talk about John, uh, the Garpacks, his their retool efforts, they wanted to bring more athletic players onto the floor. And then they draft Denzel Valentine, who, in as a result of, of this move, will get more playing time, which mm-hmm. is probably a good thing at this point. You just want the young players to play. But a Cam- Cameron Payne right now, to me, is like a Jerry and Grant. That's all it is. And obviously we have to wait and see with Payne, and I think he's a little more talented than really. I think he's the best point guard on the roster now, which isn't saying much. The thing about Cameron Payne and the thing I was going to throw out is it's one of those things where I know that in their press conference, I think it was Paxton mentioned it, where, you know what? Not Paxton. It was um, they were looking at Payne. They wanted Payne. They couldn't trade up again. We were at 22. He ended up going 14 to the Thunder, but the thing you got to look at is if we were able to get him in that draft, we don't get Bobby. So, Which wouldn't right, really be a bad thing? It wouldn't be terrible. Because but Bobby's really, meh? But right now, we have Bobby, we have Cameron Payne, and to me, it's Bobby Payne and Denzel Valentine to where the rest of this season, I know the kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? The well, how be, the Bulls work is let's get to the playoffs, let's sell those two playoff sure. tickets and get some more money, and nothing's really going to change unless all right. of us as fans stop showing up and, and even stop that, buying merchandise. Even that won't no won't make an effect because it you know won't. what the NBA is a national organization. Well, it's two teams. The, no, I'm saying like in total. Well, the Bulls are the fourth. They're valued as uh-huh. the fourth most valuable franchise in the game. Mm. At billions of dollars. Billions. And and you know what? The Bulls are number one in attendance every mm-hmm. single year. And when you talk about just fans not going to the games, that'll show them. It won't. Because well, the National Basketball Association, you take uh, the collective earnings, and it's distributed throughout the entire and NBA. The, and the one thing I do want to mention about that that is small, and it's a little bit off the topic, but it's important, is it comes with the why that is to me is – because of the run we had in the 90s, a lot of people, no matter where in the world you are... Oh, they recognize the logo. Well, became Bulls fans because Michael Jordan was big, the Bulls were winning, we were on top. And the thing in generation that you think of, and this is off topic, but I'll just mention it and we'll get back on it. It's kind of like hockey right now. Back in the 90s when I was a kid, everyone was in their driveways, Jordan 3 Two. Oh, at the buzzer, it's yeah, I in. love it. I we, see? we wanted to be just like Mike. There was a song about it. Right. Nowadays, you drive around the suburbs, you drive around the city of Chicago. I drive around, and what do I see kids playing in their driveways right now? Not basketball. They're playing hockey. Roller hockey? They're playing hockey, pretending they're Taves, pretending they're Kane, because which franchise right now is on top in Chicago? Pretending like they're sexually assaulting it's, women? It's the, it's the NHL. Just kidding, Patrick Kane. You're the, innocent. It's the Chicago I hear, Blackhawks. I hear what you're saying. That's why the Bulls, though, are one of the top there is because there were people that were in that 90s. They became fans, and then their kids also became fans because, hey, my dad's a fan of that. That's how fandom of course, works, right, of course. most of the time? And you know what? Right now, as a Bulls fan, how are mm-hmm. you feeling? How are you feeling if I'm you're a generation? Happy. No, I'm, I'm saying happy. you're talking about a, a, you know whether you're a, a veteran fan mm-hmm. just coming onto this team, you want to look at what— this team has mm-hmm. for just any sense of direction. What can I look at to convince me to say, okay, I have something invested in this? I want to throw a point out, and this is about Taj. And uh, I heard this today 
It was Jay Hood on ESPN mentioned this. Ben, I, want, I can't stand you well, bringing up ESPN I, on the show. I, I just, well, that's fine. Continue I just, your point. I, I get wanna, it. I just want to get go. your thought. Is he mentioned another thing? This goes back to Taj for the first. One of the reasons he says he thinks they didn't want to give up a first for him is because of the mileage that has been on Taj through his entire career in Chicago because he was a guy that coming up, yeah, he was never the starter. We always said, oh, we think Boozer's better than you. We right. think blah, well, blah, blah. That's why Hood is an idiot because but, bad. But in the Thibodeau era, you can't deny that there was a lot of mileage put on Taj Gibson. Well, no, and I he think... just basically, what do you need me to do? I'll go out there and well, do it. We could talk about Taj the ultimate professional because mm-hmm. he absolutely is. But to that point, really... Not giving up a first-round pick is mainly because he's a rental this season, and you're getting a guy in McDermott who the Bulls just pretty much gave up on, and you talk about his value. That makes that draft look so bad. It's awful. Everything we the gave up. The two first-round picks and the second-round pick. Everything we gave up to the Nuggets. See, we got to—well, there's so much we got to talk <laughs> we about gave in this up so much specific segment because it's just infuriating, and you bring up the idea that Taj Gibson, the ultimate professional, a lot of mileage. we got to remember, Taj really hasn't gotten his credit. This guy was just just doing what he was doing, mm-hmm. and that was quality basketball. He was a solid basketball player. He's nothing super special, obviously, but he's the ultimate pro. And you talked about him playing behind Boozer all those years. That was it. Except at the end of the day, who was in the uh, last few possessions in the fourth quarter? It was Taj because he's the better player. Yet when you brought in Gasol, he still wouldn't start. So there were things and there were aspects of the way the Chicago Bulls, and this actually goes back to a, a previous conversation I've had, the way the Bulls have drafted over the last four years, have it's been a disaster. Straight-up disaster. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They got lucky with Derrick Rose, and that was their last biggest pick. Obviously, Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's in that conversation, too. And going to his work ethic, that's a rarity for a guy being picked that late to turn out the way Jimmy has turned out to be. But when you look at the situation now, you had uh, Thibodeau, right? You had the talent around him in that system. And it wasn't even solid talent, and he was taking this team to a top three in the East. And he would develop players. He would mm-hmm. develop draft picks. And when they brought in McDermott, he only had one year under Thibs. Except he didn't really get a chance to play because, one, can't play defense. There were obvious flaws well, in this game. Well, didn't like playing rookies, let's be honest. Well, sure. But the thing that Thibs did do was develop talent. Mm-hmm. What have we seen under, under uh, our boy Hoiberg? Absolutely nothing. These young players, these draft picks, and Bobby Portis, what have we seen? And now... now when I say this, when I bring up Bobby Portis, and I and I see, but I hate that, and I just want to say I hate the because yes, we haven't seen development, but there's a part of me that has a soft spot for Hoiberg because I don't think it's all his fault. I I agree with you, and I agree with you, and I'm trying. I'm not trying to put so much blame on Hoiberg because one, I don't really because he's, he's going to get thrown under the bus. I don't know it. He might get fired after, yeah, know. after maybe getting, next year. He's going to get thrown under the bus, possibly. But obviously, the problem is the front office. But that doesn't need to be said. We all mm-hmm. get it, and this isn't the really conversation we're trying to yeah. have. When I want to go back to what I was mm-hmm. saying in the development of Portis, for example, and this actually goes to another point is that with the top talent the Bulls have had, you really haven't seen a guy who's said, wow, he is he is something. If you're talking about basketball senses, it hasn't tingled since Derrick Rose. I mean, yeah, you can put Jimmy Butler in that conversation, but let's be honest, he's not really a guy that you can build a championship team around. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's debatable, but right now... He's got the talent, he might not have the... Well, there's a lot of different He might not factors, have the leadership. But that's not it. Okay, mm-hmm. You guys want to bash me for saying that's fine, I just... Whatever. When you look at Bobby Portis, and he goes, he's on the floor, you say, wow, he set a screen because he was supposed to do that. But then, again, like two times down the floor, he'll make a dumb pass, or he won't be in the position he has to be in. 
that's a part of the development process, and we've seen the consistency in those types of players that we haven't seen under top. And I tell you what, Thibs, obviously, I don't mean to just keep trailing off on this conversation, mm-hmm. but it's such a fundamental problem of this organization, and it stems from the top. It, it always stems from the top. But with Thibs, he had a plan, and he could work with players, and he got them to play their best. Well, Can you say the same about this squad? One, Thibodeau, probably not because they're not talented. Well, and also Thibodeau wasn't a he wasn't a yes man to Garpax, and that was the big thing. He was not Absolutely. that. I mean, that's the whole reason— why he was kicked well, out and the whole drama that we heard a couple weeks ago between what was going on between the front office and Coach Thibodeau. And to me, the thing is, that's why right now the rest of this season, well, it also, I kind of want to go back to with Hoiberg, yeah. mm-hmm. it's hard to develop young talent when your ownership is bringing in guys like Rondo and D-Wade and bringing in these no, old guys. I totally agree. So that it's like, well, obviously I'm going to play right. I'm going to play D-Wade. I'm going right. to play Ray but, John Rondo. But the thing is, what I was trying to get across, mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't make that clear, is that Thibs got the best out of the talent that he had, even yeah. if they weren't good. Hoiberg, similar situation. We haven't seen anything from any of the well, draft picks in also, particular. It also didn't help that ho- when Hoiberg came in, it seemed like almost the and, entire team undermined Right, him. we don't have to go to that because yeah. that, was, that was a huge problem. Butler, Rose, mm-hmm. on separate the agendas. One, Noah hated point, him. The one point I want to make to bring it to Cameron Payne and yeah, back to it. the trade is this happened in a text group, the MVP text group that we have here with everyone from MVP. It was basically myself and Sean Anderson going back and forth about Cameron Payne because – like I said, he's the guy I wanted. Where if he's not, he has in, a chance to play now. If, if he's not in this trade, I'm furious. Right. But because he's in it, I'm like, okay, I'm not angry. We had to make a move. I'm not angry that Jimmy didn't get move. I'd rather have him on the team than give him up for nothing, like the Kings and Demarcus. I'll talk Cousins. about him in a sec. But the thing I said, and I know I was kind of being an ass when I said it, but it's completely true. It's the line I used: a plant that's in the shadows isn't going to grow. Without sunlight, it's not going to grow. And Cameron Payne was in the shadow of not only Russell Westbrook. This year, it's Russell Westbrook. Last year, is in the shadow of both KD yeah. and Russ. Yeah, that's fair to say. And really, that is fair to say. it's Russell Westbrook where he's a guy where it's like you might this year might go, well, who's the backup point guard? Because it seems like he's never out of the game. I know that he comes out of the game, but it seems like he's never out. And the one thing that Sean brought up is, well, you got Rondo, you got Michael Carter-Williams, you got Jerry and Grant. Let's be honest. Jerry and Grant, Rajon Rondo, and Michael Carter-Williams, you put them together in one person, you don't get an eighth of the shadow that Russell Westbrook yeah, well, can sure. cast over a rookie. And in this in this trade, like I'm going back to it. The rest of the season, I want to see what we can get from Bobby Portis. He's going to get more playing time yep. now that Taj ain't there. Denzel Valentine, yep. let's see what we got from him. We went out and drafted him. I loved him in college. Let's go and see what we got. And Cameron Payne, if you liked him in the draft, show me you do. Let's see what we got from the young talent. And with Cameron Payne this season, I think he, like I've already mentioned, he's the best point guard right now available or option on the floor he's for the Bulls. He's your starter. Jimmy Butler is going to carry this team to an eight seed yeah. by himself. By himself. D-Wade with with help. Wade. With D-Wade the assist from Wade. But my goodness, this team right now, and the problem I have with it, that was really well said, Ricky, mm-hmm. is the problem I have right now with this with this squad is I'm looking at it. Okay, Miritich. I think maybe now Miritich 
oh man, I, I can't stand the guy. I wish he wasn't on this roster, but you got him. So what are you going to do with him? Do you let him walk at the end of the year? I would. I mean, I, I would. would too. I, I would, would too. At I this just point, wanted, I just another to see failed attempt at bringing over a foreign star, Zipser. Now Laverne's not mm-hmm. a part of the conversation. Bad, bad, bad. When I look at this though. Miritich may be playing with a shadow or with something hovering over, so like a mm-hmm. burden of maybe being moved. He wasn't feeling comfortable, but I don't give a damn. Well, now Nikola Miritich, now you just play your game. Excuse. Right? He can't use it. Trade Had the mark trade we saw. Gone. Remember, he just went off. Mm-hmm. And his rookie year, he was impressive. He was a part of the reason why the Bulls were good in the playoffs and made that run sort of, kind of. He gave us some excitement. Oh, when sure. he was coming over, man, were we excited. Sure. And like, oh, so. That, that's kind of where it is right now, and the main reason why we're having this conversation and the frustration we're feeling is because they, they, I mean, Gar Foreman, John Paxson, put themselves in this position to have to make this move. And because they were in this position, the Thunder just took full advantage because they could rip Taj away from the Bulls for pretty much nothing. And this mm-hmm. is what it is. Nothing. Really nothing. You don't know what you got in Payne. I already compared him to a, a Jerry and Grant because you don't know. Payne right now, I have his stats open. In 16 minutes per game, shooting 33%. Now, you, you said it, not playing a lot, behind you know, a superstar, was hurt for the first couple months of the season. Now in this Bulls team, he has a chance to shine. And really, mm-hmm. we're not even looking at Morrow or Laverne right now because they're pretty much going to be afterthoughts, like you mentioned. I agree with you. But with this, with this team right now, it's a chance for, and this goes to Fred Hoiberg as well, this is a chance for them to hit the reset button. They And I think that's the only direction this team can go. Well, because if they invest in free agency, now a guy like Drew Holiday is going to be available. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Bulls would be linked to him as a point well, guard because they was, haven't had one in years. And I was going to say, it's just we, brutal. I was going to say, we can do that because let's be honest, Rajon Rondo, his money for next year is not guaranteed. So, see so after this year, we could cut him, not have to pay him as 13.4 that he's. Not guaranteed for next season. Bad. He's done one one year. That's why at the beginning of the year it was like, oh, I, I don't know why we got Rondo, and I'm like, whatever, it's a year. Who cares? D Wade. Who cares? It just ruined everything. Let's be honest. <laughs> D Wade. He's probably not going to take his player option because he wants more money. Yeah, maybe. And he's going to go somewhere else because the Bulls maybe. hopefully aren't going to overpay for him. Then that looks to me where the two highest played players you have on your team are Jimmy Butler, next year making about $18.69 million, and Robin Lopez, 13.7. The way I look at it, we can use the 23.8 and the 13.4 that's going to open up some cap space, go out and get a guy like Drew Holiday, go out and a get lot. a guy like maybe a J.J. Redick is someone I'm looking at I right think now. He can, I think he's committed to re-signing with the Clippers. I saw that report I'm just, today. I'm just saying. But if names, he, names, he, names. If yeah. he hits the market, names, yeah. he's a guy I go for. There's never a doubt, too, that at the draft, we reopen trade talks for Jimmy. Bang. All right. Now, Ricky, let me take over Robin for a Lopez. second. Let me take over for a second because that was the next topic I wanted to bring up is the idea of not trading Jimmy Butler now. And I agree with it. Now, I don't agree with the Bulls front office ideas mm-hmm. very often. It's very actually seldom. Like you once, can't hate them for not making a move. No, but this right now was the right play mm-hmm. because it wouldn't really make any sense for the Bulls to, one, strengthen the Celtics now and maybe get less value than it would in the future. But now the thing is, now we saw, and I also have something else I want to say, the future of really the bigs. Who's going to be the bigs next season? So don't let me forget mm-hmm. about that conversation because we're all over the place right here in this first, first segment. It. But it's great. I love it. You have to do it. But with the Jimmy Butler situation, this year held off. Mm-hmm. And Wojnarowski reported. Now, I don't know how true this is, but I never want to doubt Woj. But he said in a podcast on The Vertical mm-hmm. that 
a not one, but both Nets picks were on the table for Jimmy Butler, but it was Gar Foreman negotiating for veteran play now guys because they wanted rotational depth to be relevant now. What is that? Is grounds right then and there? You can discount every single freaking thing this front See, office I, has done. Uh, Hold on, Ricky. Every single thing this front mm-hmm. office has done, and just look at that decision right there and say, "Get the hell out," because well, you're an idiot. I heard that, and you said that in our text group. And the first thing I thought of was, "Now I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit the Woj and all his Woj because he's like and he's right 98 percent of the time. But it's one of those things where I looked at and I went, "I'm going to wait until we hear the full story." Because it's one of those things, like I said, I'm going to go back to it in the trade that we had today. Woj had the tweet where Cameron Payne wasn't in it. Then a little bit later, Brian Windhorst, boom, Cameron Payne is there. So obviously, no, I know. And even look back to Conflicting the tra- look at the draft Happens. last year. We were all talking about, oh, Chris done this, Chris done that. Yeah, but he, the he, Bulls and that, and even the details there with the Celtics, sure. the T Bulls, and the Bulls weren't completely a hundred percent. So to me, yeah. I'm not I'm not focusing on that too much because in the press conference, oh I am Garpax. I'm even looking at said that. that seriously that if you're going to rebuild, the first thing you're going to need is draft picks. The reason he's why he's an idiot, Ricky. He re- says the same bull all the time. But I'm not getting on that. I'm going off to my point. Yeah. Is the thing that I think is going to happen and why I'm glad we kept Jimmy Butler is right now if you look at the standings, Boston is. Two games ahead of the Wizards for the two spot, three games behind the Cavaliers. There's a good chance that this Boston team plays Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. What I think happens if those two meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, Boston loses, gives them a fight, but loses, and then in the offseason says, fuck, we We need need Jimmy. We need Jimmy, and then that takes Jimmy's price. And pushes it up. Yeah, now that it I push it up, supply and demand, baby. I mean, supply and demand. That's kind of where I was going with it, not in those specific terms, but in the way. Now I want to go back real quick to that Woj point because mm-hmm. it's huge. That's grounds for firing if that's well, to be true. Draft picks are holy. You have so much talent, especially mm-hmm. in the backcourt coming out of college this season. That's especially, why it just we got blew like my what, mind. Six number six. Six guys who could all be number exactly. one. Exactly. Even the lottery. Everybody mm-hmm. in the lotteries is better than what the Bulls have right now. Right in terms of what we can rely on going forward. Now, with this Woj thing, Nick Friedel reported, who's a Bulls guy mm-hmm. from ESPN, he reported that, well, that, that was false. That could be the Bulls just pushing that message to the media to mm-hmm. cover their own ass. Now, we don't know how true that is, but it, it's something to have a conversation about. And you know what? I'm not downing it because the incompetence of this front office has proved me nothing otherwise to, to give them any sort of credit, really at all. Started last year when, when they cut Heinrich for no reason. For no reason. They you, just, they just, they just you dumped really, him. You really like Captain I Kirk? I love Kirk Heinrich. I don't know. Whatever. But, all right. So <laughs> that's a great point. Now let's talk about that specifically with Jimmy Butler and his future. Because right now, like I said, time to hit the reset, reset button. And it applies. The, re, the, the reset Reinsert me into this conversation. And I will <laughs> do that by saying if you hit the reset button, look at it gives Fred Hoiberg a chance to kind of you, mm-hmm. run with younger players and kind of do what he wants and have players not undermine him and not ego him right be like okay we trust you let's do our thing and i like that the bulls held on to jimmy for now because you mentioned it his price will go up by the draft time and it just makes much more sense to look at the situations right in the standings mm-hmm. at that point 
and really manipulate the market because Jimmy's value will be at an all-time high this offseason. Well, and it's one of the things, the two teams that were in the same boat were the Pacers and the Bulls. Because let's be honest, C, or no, I almost said CP3. PG13. Almost went to the C, uh, Boston. And JB, he almost went to the Lakers, too. Saw that too. Yeah, there. he was saying that, yeah. Both of those players, Paul George and Jimmy, they're locked down for a few years. So those teams can say, nah, we good. We sure. good. Let's see what happens. It would be two more years, right? And if for Boston, Jimmy? For, for, three? for Jimmy, he's basically locked up for the next two years, player option in 2019-2020. Okay. So two. Because he's going to want to cash in. But the thing is, something tells me Boston, If, like I said, if they lose to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's that's just going to drive Jimmy's price up because it's going to be, you can sit here and go, well, yeah, we can win now and build for the future. Sure. Sooner or later, Boston's going to have to push the button and go all in. Yeah, and how's Jalen Brown doing? It's kind of quiet. Not great. Kinda I quiet. mean, Riley tells us that we were wrong about him, but I'm still going to hold my opinion we'll on that one. We'll see. No, but th- still I mean, sure that's, went back to that's what it is. And what that actually goes back to something else. Is mm-hmm. Right now, it's LeBron. It's LeBron's NBA. And it's, it's the LeBron perfect, and the Warriors. It's the perfect opportunity for a team like the Bulls who, has, who have no direction mm-hmm. to take a step and say, all right, we got to commit to something. But the front office doesn't give a damn if they're bad, if they're good. They're making money. And Michael mm-hmm. Reinsdorf, who's really taking over for Jerry, mm-hmm. a guy who is in close relations to Gar Foreman's wife because they're responsible for Chicago Bulls charities. They make a lot of the dough. It's fine. Bulls are number one in attendance every year. We all talk about it. Fourth most valuable franchise. Do you think they care? All the fans wearing fire gar packs on their shirt going to the game? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And they don't care. Because you went to the game. Is that it? That's why it doesn't matter. You went to the game. Well, it doesn't matter because— It don't matter what you're wearing. It, you went to the game. It doesn't matter because the Bulls are in the top market in, in basketball, one of the top markets in basketball. And, and that's it's, it, such, it's, it's such an empty feeling as like, a fan, it's knowing like, that your front office and ownership just don't, doesn't care well, about it's you. It's like Nick Friedel said the other day on the radio. He was like, yeah, yesterday at the game they announced, what, 21,000 fans. And he's like, it didn't look like there were 21,000 fans there. And that's the thing. Even if you don't go to the game, you still bought the ticket. So you're basically paying yeah. them not to go, and they don't care. They still got their money. So let's money. wrap up this bull. I don't know how you long want, we've you been wanted going. To mention the bull. You wanted to mention the yeah. bigs. Yeah, let's, let's, let's dive Let's in. mention the bigs and then let's wrap it up. Let's finish it up with that <laughs> specifically. And th- like you said, Bobby Porter's going to have a chance to stretch the floor. He's going to play a lot more. But after this season, mm-hmm. you have Robin Lopez and Cristiano Felicio. What do, do else? You look, do you look to move Robin Lopez? I mean, he's probably just a guy that you could, but what are you going to get? You'll be lucky to get a second round pick. I was saying just to free up some cap space. I mean, depending on what's going to go on this free agency, they're going to have to find someone to replace. Because right now, I'm looking at that depth chart; it's just nothing. I see nothing. I don't know. What, I don't know what the Bulls can do here. It really rely d- on a tank center and Felicio. You know what I'm saying? It really depends on to me, like. At center, we've got nothing. We've got Lopez. So maybe— Felicio, give him some credit. Maybe move. Well, Felicio, the thing is, are we going to re-sign him at the end of I the would. year? Probably, because he's going to be dirt cheap even if we re-sign yeah, him. Probably sign him for the value that he deserves. But, I mean, right now right, he's uh, making 87 uh, sure. right, in terms of like the rest K, of the NBA. You're exactly right. Go ahead. It's just one of those things where— Maybe I threw that out there just to see what you would say. I wouldn't move him only because I like Felicio a lot. Right now you got nothing. I'm talking about Lopez. I wouldn't move oh. Lopez. Oh, okay. Because right now we got nothing. I I'm gonna be interested to see Rondo and D Wade. They're gonna be the ones that open it up. I want to see what happens with Bobby Portis. Give him some minutes. 
Let's see what he looked. I mean, in he's summer, do things in right, summer league, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, here's Bobby Portis. And then the season happened. And I was like, where'd Bobby go? Valentine goes down to the Windy City Bulls and puts up 45. It's just that's a different level of competition. Mm-hmm. And teams like the Bulls in the summer league should have won the well, championship. Let's be honest. Did you expect Denzel Washington to come in? <laughs> uh, Den- Denzel Valentine he did it. He did it. to come it. into the <laughs> NBA and drop 45 a night? No, that's no. not what I'm saying. I'm saying when he's <laughs> playing at that level, obviously he can dominate the game. Yeah. But once he gets to the NBA, it's a different thing. But it's how a different you, ball game. But how do you do it? Give him fucking minutes. And you put him in a system that works mm-hmm. to his game. They're not doing that. Let him run the floor. Let him, let him find the open man. It was the Bulls game. Oh, was it against the Suns? I don't think it was against the Suns. It was one of the games that Jimmy didn't play. I was watching, and I'm like— And that's another point. I'm like, shit, man, this team's running the floor. We looking good. They can play without Jimmy. We were, I think it was the game where Jimmy didn't play, they but took Wade Houston, did. They took Houston to overtime. It was not It was after Houston, because we were recording the fast break during Houston. But I was watching it going, man— They could play. We're running the floor. And that's the we're thing looking I kinda, good in transition. I wouldn't mind hanging out oh. to Wade or if he decides to stay or if he wants to hang it up, just to be around the younger players to develop them, to give them a, a sense of direction and maybe, I don't know, because the—, the the freaking coaching staff's not going to do it. You know what I would like from Wade, and this would be a real like Push. team guy kind of a thing, is if he's going to leave and kind of, I'm not going to take my option and go somewhere else, if he would be the nice guy to say, you know what, sign and trade. I'll work something out so that I'll accept my option. Boy, it's a sign and trade for the Bulls. office can do that? I doubt it. I doubt it. You got to try. You, know, you got to try. you think they've been trying to do anything to get them relevant in the last few years? I want to say it was the Sacramento game. It was either Sacramento— They almost blew that game. They were up like 26, and they almost lost, but they ended up winning. But they still did play well. It was well. either Sacramento or um, yeah, so Philadelphia. We, we, we get you what you're saying, but my goodness, Ricky Widmer, what a, what a Bulls conversation. Hey, I felt we, it's always—it's prevalent. We had to get that out there, and I hope you guys <sighs> were entertained by this segment specifically. Once again, Bulls mediocrity, no mm-hmm. sense of direction. Same story at the trade deadline, they get nothing for value, and this time at least they got something and not letting Taj walk for nothing. It's just a different year, right? What else is new? Just a different year. Now it's time to talk about Ricky Widmer. Jay Cutler has to happen. I'm a Jay Cutler supporter. Yes, I know. I don't care about what any of you have to say to argue me because I will come <laughs> at all of you until the sun goes down each and every day of the week, and I've said that before and I'll say it again, but today, well, for this segment, we are talking Jay Cutler because he's in the news, and I can't help myself, Ricky, when he's in the news, mm-hmm. I'm in the news well, because I'm talking like, Jay Cutler. You, you like your Jay Cuddy talk, it's okay. I, I very much it's enjoy okay. uh, talking Jay, and uh, for this segment, uh, by the way, if you're on YouTube, what's up? We got this video for you, specific. hey, Behind the Pen has a video. Awesome. They do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This is our Bears segment. Bears fans, <laughs> drop a like down below and a comment if you could. If you're not subscribed, do so. We're going to entertain you more so if you do because we have a ton of content. Blog Talk Radio, continue on listening. Thank you guys so much for checking in. But Jay Cutler in the news, rumored to be shopped by the Chicago Bears. And I guess this really, this is just a front. I mean, we already knew that that's the Bears' plan. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they just made it They're public now. On. Yeah, I mean, we... we, we pretty much had that set in stone that Jay Cutler wasn't coming back because it didn't make sense for Jake. It wasn't because Jay Cutler's not a good quarterback because he is. not right. It the is, fit is right. just not right. In, in the transition process that is the Chicago Bears now in year three of the regime for John Fox and company, we're going to see what they got, and a big area of concern is within that quarterback position. It's not going to be with Cutler, and if it is with Cutler, I just don't know. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say, but most likely he's gone. So I want to talk about this. What is next for Jay Cutler? Because... 
he said, I mean, in the report that, well, I might retire. What are your thoughts? Well, when I heard the, well, I might retire, my mind snapped back to, oh, fuck, what year was that? Well, 2010. No, it says that all the time. No, no, no. But it snapped back to 2010 because this is, to me, a similar situation that happened with Carson Palmer okay. and the Bengals. Gotcha. Carson Palmer and the Bengals, it was the same thing. Bengals, we're going to be done with them. You know what? We're going to trade them. Nobody wanted to trade it, trade for Carson Palmer because they're like, fuck it. You're just going to cut them anyways. Mm-hmm. So why, why would we give up stuff? We'll just wait for you to cut them and then pick them up. That's where the Bears are here. You can try trading them. But I think everyone's going to go, eh, you know what, we'll wait for you to cut him. And I think, yeah, well, that's sure. Because what are you going to get realistically for Jay Cutler why, at this point? Why would I give something up when I can just wait for you to cut him and then pay him? I mean, people would make the joke, oh, a bag of, base, or a bag of footballs and three cents. All right, all right shut up. No, right. the, the money ball. No. Pay, for my, pay for my Coke for it a year. Would, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> fill, fill the— Fill my pop machine. Yeah. No, but for realistically, Cutler's worth, what, a six-round pick at this point, which is nothing. Maybe even a fifth. And the Bears what, like gave lucky. up two first-round picks. And, and something else, a mm-hmm. future third or whatever it was. And, you know, it didn't really work out in Chicago. He had an opportunity in his in initial seasons. 09 was a disaster. 2010 went to the FC Championship game. And I think that's when the Cutler mm-hmm. hate really took off. It was because of guys like Michael Wilbon calling him out, Maurice Jones-Drew calling him out. Uh, of course, Stephen A. Smith has been vocal. Guys, if you listen to them, in, that's your your brainwash. Your brainwash. You have to have a realistic take that is not those media what, airheads. You, know That's my, just, you have to just get your own. You know what my take is of Jay Cutler and why it didn't work here in Chicago? Had nothing to do with his skill. Had nothing to do with the team that the Bears put around him. I know that those are two big things. He's a good quarterback talent-wise. I'm not saying he's the best, but you know, if he's my starter, I'd rather have him than a handful I don't of guys know, in the league. Bortles probably, right now. probably eight. Well, he's probably 18. Around there, I would say. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a number on it unless I actually go through. Sure. He's definitely outside of my top 15. But yeah, now the, he is. The thing that I think of with Jay Cutler and why it didn't work in Chicago is the kind of attitude that this city is. A team that we just talked about in the Chicago Bulls. You had nice things to say about Taj. I had nice things to say about Taj. Everyone has nice things to say about Taj Gibson because he's a a lunch pail guy is what I call him. He's going to come to work. He's going to do his job. He's going to go home. He's going to come to work, do his job. And with Jay Cutler, you could say it was the attitude, and people have said that, but it's that attitude that to the fan— Oh, didn't it, oh, seem it comes off terribly. Didn't seem like the the lunch pail guy in this city that because Chicago's that city where it's like we're going to hit the ground, we're going to do and, the dirty and, work. And really, the Bears haven't had a legitimate quarterback with mm-hmm. talent. Or I'm talking about a legitimate. Kyle Orton does not count. Rex Grossman does but not Rex count. Rex Grossman got to a Super Bowl because of that defense. We're not talking about. <laughs> now, by the way, check out that random ass segment uh-huh. I had about the 06, 07 Bears. Whatever. Uh, no, but I'm looking at this Jay Cutler situation. When you look back, when he came in mm-hmm. uh, to the Bears situation in 09, uh, his first season when they got traded, where he got traded for, he could have had this city in the palm of his hands. He just didn't mm-hmm. care. He didn't care at all, and he made that clear. And you know what? He it wasn't until really he got together with Christian Cavalieri, and this is obvious. His persona changed. He would go into press con- this is I Jay Culler, so such an interesting fella. He would go into press conferences early in his career in Chicago with uh sweatpants, a long sleeve athletic shirt, a beanie, and he'd just be like, uh and then he would just he would answer the questions, but he would mm-hmm. just be super disinterested. And that continued until really I'd say like twenty twelve, 
2013, he really started to mature, and that process was was very relevant. You could see that. You can see that. It was tangible. He would dress up, whatever. He would always say, now, in color, color's defense, he had a lot of scrutiny, especially during the Mark Trestman era. But during his press conferences, he was under so much heat. Oh, Jay, what's going to happen? Why'd you get benched for whatever his name, Josh McCown? Uh, he would always say the right things. He would always, and that was something that Jay Culler was not in a cancer in the locker room. He was a good guy, kept to himself. But the thing is, he was not a leader. And if you look at a quarterback position, they're the gotta leader. Be. You have to be. They're the lead, and that's the one thing. My biggest criticism of Jay Cutler is that he's not a leader. And I know that so many Cutler supporters I've talked to, no, well, he's not. He, he doesn't have to be a leader. No, you're the quarterback. You have to be the leader. That's like saying, yeah, Tom Brady. You don't need to be a leader. You got to be the yeah. leader if you're as a quarterback, the quarterback though, of a football team. And people who have played football will relate to this. If you're on that team, on that offense, a part mm-hmm. of the eleven guys, and you look at your quarterback, you want to see it in his eyes that he's got all of you, and you got to have confidence in him in the huddle. And you exactly, you got mm-hmm. you got to have faith in him. A lot of guys really didn't. They said, "Uh oh, what's going to happen? Is he going to fall off his back foot and throw a pick?" Mm-hmm. You know what happens a lot of the time for under Cutler. So when you're in that huddle. You're looking at the quarterback's eyes. Did he have it? Some days he did because it showed that he was really into games at points. Other times he just didn't give a damn. I remember that Bucks game this last season. Holy crap. One of the worst performances I've ever seen. And that was coming off the win uh, against Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, where he had a great game. But we're talking today Jay Cutler because he is in the, in the news suggesting that, well, he could be traded. We assume that the Bears are just going to let him go unless they decide to keep him and get a cap hit of 16 mil, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Ricky? Somewhere around I there. think that's like 16 mil uh, is what he's going to be owed this year. But it's a it's a play-to-pay situation for Cutler in which all this money is not guaranteed. His $127 million seven-year contract, 54 mil was guaranteed in the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. That's done with. So now they have to make a decision. Are they going to move forward without Jay? Pretty much they a are. formality and at this point. The thing is with the Bears, it all comes down to, of course, you talked about it a few weeks ago in – the Jimmy Garoppolo, it's either trade for Garoppolo or draft a quarterback. That's where the Bears are right now. It's Jay is not in the future plans. But there are some teams out there that need quarterbacks. And Ooh. there are teams <laughs> that could use him, even if it's like, because obviously when Mark and I had a discussion this week about Tony Romo, where he'll be playing next season, you bring up Denver, you bring up Houston, you bring up Arizona, you bring up all those teams, those three more importantly. Very we, relevant to Cutler. We brought up the Bears, too, just because there have been some rumors yeah, about yeah. the Bears and yeah. Tony Romo, mainly because of right, the right. Eastern Illinois connection. But there are some teams and like reasons, yeah. the 49ers could, if depending on, let's mm-hmm. say they take a quarterback at number two, he's the guy, but what if they don't? They take a guy later, they need a veteran to step in. Well, even so, if they take a number two quarter, uh, pick, Mm-hmm. Quarterback number two, they could bring in color to just but kind there, of fill the role until are, he's ready to play. There are also teams that, let's be honest, there are also teams that could offer him a contract to be their backup. The Redskins, the Jaguars, sure. the Dolphins. You you don't think Adam Adam Gase would say, "Hey, you know what? I saw 
what happened with Tannehill. Tannehill's our starter, but if he gets injured again, I'd rather have Jay, who I've worked than with, Matt Moore. than Matt Moore. Right. So there are even teams, the Steelers could bring him in as a backup, the pa- the Patriots could bring him in as a backup if they trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they've got Jacoby Brissett, so they're not going to look for Jay Cutler. To me, the big ones are Jacksonville, Miami, and um, the one team that I forgot that I well, mentioned I, I, before that for the backups. Yeah. But really the interesting one to me is the Niners. Yeah. And because I think Matt Schaub looks like he's going to be the guy. Bad. But I'd rather have Jay Cutler bad. than Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub's bad. Uh, the, <laughs> the 49ers were linked to Cutler in a recent mm-hmm. report, I guess a couple of weeks ago. But again, you're not going to give up much to acquire Jay Cutler in this situation. He is what he is at this point. Let's be honest. He is what he is. 51-51, a career quarterback with the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. as a starter. Obviously, he had struggles throwing um, interceptions. His main knock as a player is the inconsistency of his mm-hmm. skill set because we know he has elite skills sometimes. Obviously, we talk all the time about a strong arm, but his accuracy sometimes goes un- unnoticed. He's great in the pocket, great feet in the pocket, eludes pressure very well, but he just can't handle the football in certain situations. He'll make ill-advised throws mm-hmm. into double coverage a lot of the time. So that's what makes him from elite to mediocre slash below average. He's got two routes. Two routes that his career could take right now. There's a fork in the road in front of Jay Cutler. To the left, there is the same kind of road that Carson Palmer had. However, Carson Palmer to me is a lot better of a quarterback than Jay Cutler. He can go to a team start with a shitty team, play with them for a few years, then wait for a team like Arizona with Carson Palmer, a team that, man, we just need a quarterback. Oh, let's go and grab Jay Cutler to try to make a a, run. Or he could become a journeyman. Boy, I think he would retire before he became a journeyman. He is now either going to become a journeyman or follow a similar path to try to be like Carson Palmer 2.0. It would be so Jay Cutler if he just said, "I'm, I'm done. I quit at Why 34 not? years Why? old. Why not? Why not? He, he made 54 million guaranteed. And I'm prior sure to there's that, he a made... lot of people out there that'd be happy. I'd be happy. Absol- I wouldn't have and to he talk took about a him anymore. Beating playing in Chicago mm-hmm. for eight years. Like I'm talking on the ground a lot of the time, mainly because in the first initially four years of that uh, run in Chicago, mm-hmm. he had no offensive line, no protection whatsoever, and no help. But hey, when, when you look at the mm-hmm. teams interested, Arizona, I felt like was the perfect match, but they're committed to Palmer for whatever reason. I think he's just, I think ugh. I think if there's no team that's going to go out there and get him as a starter, I think Miami yeah. is a perfect well, fit. Even to be a backup. Link. Sure. Well, even to be just a backup. Sure. And maybe he beats out Tannehill. I don't know. Probably <laughs> I not. I don't think I mean, so. I think Miami would revolt if that happened. You think so? But no, I mean, he obviously has a great relationship with Gase, and that's a fair link. Mm-hmm. Sure, well, we're all expecting Tannehill has in the injury. Of course, and the injury history too, and Cutler does as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hurt almost all the time. Yeah, but who would you rather have as your back? Right, that? We, more right we agree. Yeah. We agree. Uh, another team, the New York Jets. The New York Jets have been linked, and right now, like that would be like Palmer going to Oakland. Yeah, but their their situation, they don't have much. Much uh, did Geno Smith bad? It just I don't know if they're going to commit. Well, it's interesting if the if the Jets Fitz is done right. If the Jets brought in Jay Cutler. Then, because I think they're, I think of their draft when I think of that move, and the reason why is they've really got three things they could do at the what sixth pick that they got: take a quarterback. They can take Leonard Fournette because that's he'll still be around around that time. Mocks are Below saying Powell and Leonard Fournette. Oh or, my gosh, that's pretty good. Or they can go ahead and take defense. Well, if they come and get Jay Cutler, 
they don't have to take a quarterback that high. They could go defense, but if they get Jay Cutler that high, I'm taking Leonard Fournette. I'm just stacking up that offense. That's fair. And then you look at the situations. I think the Jets are pretty solid fit mm-hmm. for Cutler. I think he can win with a team that has pieces around him. Now, I'm not saying anything crazy here, mm-hmm. but I think he's a quality quarterback that can win games in the NFL if he has the appropriate personnel. I want to ask you this, and this is kind of putting you, I'm going to put you into the mindset of Bill O'Brien in Houston. Yeah. Who would you rather have Not as your Osweiler. quarterback, Osweiler or Cutler? Cutler, 100%. Cutler starts in that playoff game against New England, it's a different thing. I think they still don't win. Maybe not. Maybe not. But <laughs> Tom I think, Brady still wins the Super Bowl, let's be honest. I think maybe Houston's a better seed. I think they get more production out of the They're definitely not 32. Well, they beat Jacoby Brissett, is that what you're saying? They beat him week three? Well, <laughs> With Cutler, they beat him instead of... Brock losing? I'm not looking at specific games. I'm talking <laughs> in totality. The Houston yeah. Texans would probably have won more games with Cutler well, as the quarterback and than that, Brock Osweiler. I, I tweeted something out, mm-hmm. sort of joking, also sort of serious. Uh-huh. If Cutler was on this Houston Texans team this season that got bounced in the first round, they would, they would win the Super Bowl. All Jay Cutler would have to be on that if he played for Houston this upcoming season, he would have to be just as good as Rex Grossman was for that 06 Bears team. Oh, well, yeah, based on their defense their being defense really good. Their defense is almost the exactly thing. the same. That's the thing, too, and they have weapons they on offense. They have the number one scoring defense this past year. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's solid. Plus, their tight ends Lamar are— Lamar Miller had a big year last year. Their running game, they have—that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Cutler has talent. And I think the Houston Texans and are the perfect fit for Cutler, however. I well, feel like Tony Romo is an even better fit Well, not just that. Romo is a better fit. Right. Me and Mark talked about that, but the one thing I mentioned to you— I didn't mention this on that podcast, but I mentioned it to you before we recorded, was there's just something about me where it's like, yeah, we talk about Romo going here and there. I could see Dallas just being like, no, we'll keep him. Yeah. We'll keep him as a backup. Well, if that happens, the Texans have a decision to make. Do we roll the dice with Brock the cock again? Cock and do do, by the way. Or do we go out there and either trade or sign because we don't know what's going to happen in the long run with Jay. And we run with Jay. I think Jay would be a better pick than Osweller. I will say that. But have to be on that Texan team. All he's like I said, all he's got to do is be just as good as Rex Grossman was for the Bears. I think that's a great fit. The top two. All fits. he's got to do. Houston. Well, I thought Arizona was the perfect fit mm-hmm. until they committed, and they even and, said they're not interested. And really, with Houston, the, I really if, like that. Let's Houston. say let's say they don't get Romo. I would be tempted to take Cutler. Only because you look at the division. The Jaguars are a team, a young team with potential. Yeah, they got Coughlin coming in to kind of right the ship, but nothing's going to be done this year Still to make young. them a contender. You look at Tennessee. They're Getting a there. good upcoming team. Getting there. But is Marcus Mariota going to be ready for game one? Because he broke his leg so late oh. into the season. Yes. So how is that injury going to heal? If he's ready week one... The Titans are my second-best team, first or second-best team in that division. Well, Colts have so many problems and then really, offensively. Well, and really the Colts, and it's one of those things where, yeah, they got a new GM, they got a new direction They got now. a lot of holes to fill. It's one of those things where I would, only, I would only say that the Colts have a chance to rival the Texans because of Andrew Luck. And that's why with them I say go. Sure. That's why I say load up that defense because Andrew Luck undefeated when that, de- when that opposing team I mean, scores you need, 19 you need or pe- less points.
points. You need people to block for him first. But if they got Cutler, and that's Houston, they could really do some you. damage in that division. And all you got to do, win the division, get in the playoffs, and that's anybody's there you game. Go. I agree with you, and I think that is a good point to end this Cutler conversation because we can go on and on. I didn't really talk about really his skill set so wanna, much, but I yeah, go ahead. Throw, throw one more else. team out there. See what you think, Cleveland. I don't. I hate it. I hate that Cleveland. Uh, do you, whatever. Do you roll with Cody? Let's say they don't get Garoppolo. Do you roll with a Cody Kessler, or do you say, you know what, Ugh. let's bring in a Jay Cutler so that we have a well, veteran here? Don't they want, like, RG3 or something? Like, aren't they going to run with him? Like, do you really plan? Think, do you think RG3's got a full season left in him? Probably I don't. not. Probably not. But I, I mean, think they, if, if Cutler— they signed, they signed him or traded for him. I can't remember what they did. And no, he I know. broke his baby. I know. First game. First game. Yeah, I know. Oh. If Cutler signs with—or if, if Cleveland's interested in Cutler, and that's the only team interested in Cutler, I think he quits. He, he, <laughs> I think he retires. You, you got to throw it out there because they're always looking for of course. A yeah no but i think the best fit would be houston the jets would work as well uh-huh. guys color is not as bad as you in my final thoughts he's on this great. conversation he's mm-hmm. not great he's nothing he's nothing he is what he is he's a victim of circumstance that is for sure in chicago well, and it's one of those things like you said yeah he matured but it's one of those things where maybe it came too late and my big thing with why it didn't work here in chicago well the one thing why it didn't work here in Chicago, he didn't have the right attitude for the city. Well, he didn't have the right personnel. He did not have the right attitude for the city. Six offensive coordinators in eight years, three different head coaches, three different GMs. How are you going to win with that inconsistency? All, Aaron Cromer, Mike Martz, kidding me, Mike Tice? All we want here in Chicago is that you're going to come. You're going to come to work each day, do your job, work to Dow make Loggins, the team better. Adam Gase. Adam Gase was the only good one. Bad. Color hadn't, didn't, he didn't have a chance. Remember how optimistic Bears fans were with Dowell Loggins before the season? Optimistic, oh, Col- I think. Color will be fine. Dowell will be fine. What a, what a disaster. <laughs> no, but I look at that uh, that season prior, what is that, that's 2015, mm-hmm. and, and how successful Color was with nobody around him. That's the kind mm-hmm. of quarterback he can be if he's coached properly. He has somewhat of a decent talent around him. Hey, that's you can make my, some noise. Miami couldn't try Miami some. Miami possibly. I'm, I'm telling you, color is not as bad as people make him out to be. And you got to appreciate his skill set, even though he does lack a lot of consistency in his game. But that'll do it for the color conversation. Ricky, thank you so much for not pissing me off because I know your opinion of color sometimes I'm not gets a fan. me rubbed the not wrong way. Absolutely, as a color fan, I get it. I get it. I'll defend him. I'll continue to do so. We are moving right along, Ricky Widmer. <laughs> I said that right this time. Wiki, Wiki Widmer. Wicka, wicka, wicka. We're talking. MLB conversation. It is February 23rd, and I'm looking forward to the spring training uh, game. I don't know, the exhibition starting. We're talking baseball. It's uh, Really, we're talking about, well, last podcast I said how the artificial day of pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers reporting is like the most celebrated non-day ever, which, hey, gloves are popping, bats are cracking. And I'll tell you what, in the AOS this year, it's going to be a pretty competitive matchup, by the way. We're on video on YouTube. What's up, guys? If you could drop a like and a comment down below, it really helps out our channel. Blogtalkradio.com backslash most available podcast. Still there. This will probably be the final segment unless we go off on a random ass tangent. But right now in front of us, we have the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros mm-hmm. specifically. Now, I just want to mention, I spoke on the Seattle Mariners earlier on a Behind the Pad podcast that is posted. You can check it out on YouTube as well as uh, Blog Talk Radio. For today, I wanted to focus on these two teams in particular because they've had really interesting off-seasons. And I just want to ask you, Ricky, are these two teams right now a lock for the playoffs going into this year? Uh, See, I think it's interesting. Like, the AL West, to me, is the most interesting division in the entire American League, maybe even the entire 
MLB because to me coming into this season, it's going to be interesting in the Yale East. I've kind of got my eyes on Boston and Toronto at the top. In the central, have to include Baltimore. It's it's really gonna. Well, Baltimore's gonna be interesting to me because of. I mean, Weeders is gonna be gone. Matt Weeders is gone. They, I think they might be the third team, but they might be in it as well. In the central, it's really the Indians, the Tigers, and then let's see what the Royals are going to do with their new Cub lineup that they got from us. Uh, And then it really comes down to the West. And I mean, right now, if I had to look at it, I got. One team from the Central, the Sox are going to win the East. Toronto gets a wild card, and then take your pick between the Orioles, Tigers, Tigers, and uh, Royals. I think this American League uh, situation is going to be very competitive this year for sure, Mm -hmm. but I want to look at these two in particular in the West because I think they're so evenly matched now, and I think their off-seasons— I think they're going to beat each other up, and one's not going to make the wild card, and one's going to make well, the playoffs. Well, their off-seasons are very intriguing to me, as well as really what the Rangers did in last year's deadline mm-hmm. to make them relevant still. Now, their outfield, uh, there's some question there in, 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 in uh, Texas. Excuse me. Their rotation I like. Mm-hmm. They, they won the Tyson Ross sweepstakes, who I believe, if healthy, can be a game-changer in that rotation. I mean, you already have Hamels, Darvish, Martin Perez proved himself last year as a legitimate starter so I think this Texas team is intriguing. They signed Mike Napoli to replace Mitch Moreland, who I didn't, guys, I mean, Rangers fans, I didn't really like Mitch Moreland to begin with. He goes over to Boston, if I'm not mistaken. But you have young players like Ryan Rua, who's going to step up, who had a really impressive year last season. And then Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is a guy who you just don't know. You don't know. He came up as a young uh, big league hitter and struggled mightily. Mm-hmm. Multiple trips up and down, you know, AAA or, and the big leagues. Struggled. Kind of reminded me of Anthony Rizzo when he first came into the league. But if you get any production from Gallo, not sure if he's going to make the 25-man roster, not really looking that far into it yet. His spring training really just went underway. This Texas team is intriguing, but by no means do I believe they're the frontrunner in the West because if I were to— if I were to guess right now, I'd probably have to give the edge to Houston. Am I wrong? Well, and for me, it was one where last year I really liked Houston. When I had my World Series pick— I said it was going to be the Cubs over the Astros in, I I said four games because, let's be honest, I was kind of throwing some fun at Sox fans, you know. They swept the Astros for theirs. I thought we would sweep the Astros for ours. And it was kind of like a, holy shit, where'd the Astros go? Because the year before, they get to the wild card, they beat the Yankees 3 to nothing in the wild card game, they're in the playoffs, and then last year, it was like, like I said, where are the Astros? I think this is going to be a year where the where the Astros go, you know what? We really fell back last year. We're going to come back. Last year was our year. We felt it was our year, and we missed that opportunity because you look at it. They got McCann behind the plate, Altuve, and Correa cheering up the middle yeah. of that field. Uh, well, straight got, up the middle, period. They yes. had Springer and Center, who That's I was going to mention, and I mean— this is a team that I felt had the pitching, had the prospects in the field. Well, the players in the field, I should say. They're not really well, prospects at this point. legitimized himself as a star. It's one of these teams where I feel like the Astros are going to be the best comeback team of 2017. Oh, by far. I think this team is going to win over 85 games, mm-hmm. and I think that may 
not be so much of a stretch given the competitive nature of the American League that teams beat up each other in the American League. It's not mm-hmm. like the National League when you have really bad, bad teams, like bottom feeders, especially last year. Last year was like the really Reds. the worst. Like with, with Milwaukee, even Philadelphia could be mm-hmm. a part of that conversation. Atlanta was just putrid. San Diego. Forgot to mention Cincinnati. Oh, I hate the Reds. <laughs> I don't even want to mention the Reds. They're terrible, straight up. Everything about them are just bad. Uh, F Cincinnati. I just, the Reds. <laughs> Maybe the city too. No, I'm just. Okay. But we love you if you're a fan. Yeah, of them. If you're a Reds fan, well, I probably just made you click away. That's fine. I don't really care. Who needs you, Reds? I'm just kidding. This is. I'm digging myself in the hole. I should shut up. But we're looking specifically at the Astros today. We're talking about the Astros. Keuchel, McHugh, McCullers. Mm-hmm. That is solid. Got to stay healthy. Yeah, and I mean, I look at the. To me, I feel like the most important thing for both of these teams is going to be the back end of their rotation, and I look at it. And I just I feel like the back end of the rotation because right now McCullers, right now on ESPN they have him listed as the fourth starter behind um, Fears McHugh and um, Mike Fires and uh, Keuchel is who I was stretching on and I just look at the fourth guy for the Rangers a guy that we both know that I know you have a strong opinion on Andrew Cash he's not going to be there let's be honest he he. He'll, he'll start. He there might at transition best. to the bullpen, but they have they have so many other options there because, let's be honest, Andrew Casher is just not that not that good mm-hmm. as a start. He throws hard. No, he's not. We, like he's I said, good. we know that firsthand because he used to be. Well, I mean, even on after. Our team. Well, yeah, I mean, with the Cubs, he was explosive as out of the bullpen because he was hitting ninety nine mm-hmm. consistently. But turning into a starter pitching in San Diego, just meh, very meh. And for him to be a part of this rotation in Texas, I don't think it's going to last. That's my opinion. They have way too many options. There, but you talk about the back end of the bullpen. I look at their, I look at the, or I said bullpen rotation. I meant rotation, but I'm looking at the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the two bullpen, they lost their their um, Texas lost their their closer to Tampa Bay and Ken Giles and Luke Gregerson over in on Houston. I think you can win with that. They could really swip or you know switch flip mm-hmm. flop. From closer to setup man, with those two, you have a nice lefty, uh, lefty, lefty guy with Tony Sip. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at this Houston team. I'm leading towards Houston. They made a nice offseason signing to bring in Carlos Beltran. That was, I think, one of the smarter things that they could have done. Bringing in, trading for JJ Redick early on, as well as uh, making a move for McCann. Mm-hmm. I think they went after guys that accounted for holes in last year. Lost Jason Castro. Meh. You can get over that. But this rotation, when healthy, can carry you. Correa, like we mentioned, star. Up the middle, they are so solid. We didn't even mention Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman's going to come on the scene, similar to a guy like Trevor Story last year, who is that damn good. And I'll say that right now. So I'm kind of leaning Astros right now. Yeah, I mean, I like the Astros too, and mainly because of the Rangers. I feel like, and this is just me being, just looking at the last two years, I really think sooner rather than later, we're going to look at the Rangers and go, you missed your chance. You couldn't get past well, the Blue Jays. With Washington, Ron Washington, yeah. when he went to back-to-back like, World I'm Series like and could, lost. You couldn't get... Well, I'm just looking at the last two years. That was a while ago. The last two years, you couldn't get past the Blue Jays. Sure. That's what it's been. You could not get past the Toronto Blue Jays. And that's why they went up and, and got a guy in, in Cole Hamels, and you'll see what they're going to get from Tyson Ross, who's going to be really, like I said, a game-changer in that starting five. You know what I would really... You know what wouldn't surprise me this year? And this is a weird situation, but I'm going to throw it out there. I would not be surprised if, let's say, I'm going to throw out the Indians and the Red Sox win their division, 
So they get automatic bids into the playoffs. And then I wouldn't be surprised if we have like the Orioles and Blue Jays or the Tigers and Blue Jays secure the wild card. But then we have a one-game playoff for the AL West between the Astros and the Rangers. You think it's going to be that close? I think Could th- be. I think these two teams, like I said, I think they're going to fight it out for their yeah. division. But I don't. Th- I think it's going to be one of these teams gets in, the other doesn't, because the other wild card sure. teams are going to be better. Well, you talk about how much they have to play each other within the division. That could come down mm-hmm. to it. And we're not even mentioning the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be a part of this conversation mm-hmm. as well. Like I mentioned, check out my opinion on them in a previous Behind the Pen podcast as well. I wanted to mention the over-under video that I did yep. last week separated the top three teams in the West by one game. So that's mm-hmm. how close it's going to be in the West, and that's why I really wanted to talk and, about this. And even though we haven't mentioned the Mariners, and I know we're not getting too into it because you did spend a lot of time talking about them, we can't call them out of it. Like, it could be a three-team race for that AL West. I like the Mariners. I like what it the It could be did. a three-team race with two teams not making the playoffs and one making it. And that's what I'm. That that's great. And to, if you're a baseball fan, if maybe you're a, a, t- a team mm-hmm. like— you know, the top three. Because look at it. When you go back to the 2015 season, I don't mean to bring the Cubs into this conversation, but that AL Central was so competitive, it came down to Cardinals winning over 100 games that year, but then the Pirates winning mm-hmm. one more game than the Cubs did in 98. The Cubs won 97. It's okay. Jake Arrieta had a diamond of a game in that wild and then, card. Of course. And, you know, Schwarber. <laughs> I had to mention that. Hey, no, I'm serious. Like, that, if you're a team— Schwarber or Schwar Daddy, I believe is his name now. Bow down. <laughs> I, I, I call him Babe Ruth. But when you look at that situation uh, for playing into a wild card mm-hmm. game, you want to avoid it at all costs because it's yeah. a winner go home. 162 games decided by one to mm-hmm. move on into the playoffs, to a five game playoff series. It's too much pressure, man. Can't do it. Well, Can't. and last year I was kind of hoping for. I'm trying to look at the standings. I thought we'd have a situation like it. I think it was in. Oh, this was in the NL, not the AL. Where I was really hoping. We were going to get the situation. Oh, it, it almost did. I thought we were going to have the situation of like Cardinals, Cardinals and Mets have Mets, to play yep. just to, or Cardinals Giants have to play just to play the Mets in the wild card, or game. just to determine one or two in the uh-huh. wild card, and like, then there was like a bunch of tiebreakers and whatnot. like I would have loved to see that. Let's have oh, a playoff yeah. game. As long as game, my team, a one game playoff, two a one game playoff, and then you get into the playoffs. Speaking of last year, really Texas ran away with it. As I look mm-hmm. at the standings. And winning ninety five games, Seattle eighty six, yeah, Houston eighty four. I don't know. I don't know if Texas wins ninety five again this year. No, because I'm just looking at it with the Houston to the Houston to Ranger games alone. I think that that becomes a little bit yeah. closer of a and, schedule. And, and, two, and the first time they will meet is May first through May fourth in Houston yeah, for a four and, game. I mean, we we. Baseball season is so much different than any other team. Do you know who the Rangers open up the season against at home for a three game se- three game Boston? series? No, the AL Central champs. Oh, Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians. Well, well that'll be fun. I mean, you can't go into regular season games in uh, the major league season until they're at. It's a different ball game, totally different ball game because they play every day. Mm-hmm. 162 games is unreal. But when you look at the overarching conversation, this is February 23rd. This Texans team could make everybody can make moves by the deadline and totally change the pathway of their future. But going back to what I was mentioning at the at the start of this podcast or the segment, mm-hmm. Jonathan Lucroy, that acquisition last deadline was huge, along with Cole Hamels. That sets them up to be competitive again this season. Now, the, really, the concern they're taking another chance with Carlos Gomez. I'm not sure how committed they will be. 
to him in center, if at all, because, oh, my, what a disaster he was. But overall, this Rangers team, like, I, I'm leaning towards Houston, but it's a, it's a slight lean because this Astros team, I really like their their third to second. Mike Napoli, party at Napoli's. He was, you know, he's he's an, he's one of those types of hitters, home run guys like Chris Carter, something like that, a little better than, than him in particular, but nothing special. I'm really looking at Ryan Rua, if he can come up and, you know, make a name for himself. Shinsu Chu, still a part of the conversation. So they got pieces. Mm-hmm. No, like, no, let's not let's not say that. So I Beltre though. Beltre's still a star. And last year, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of how these two teams played against each other, last year they played a total of nineteen times, the Rangers and the Astros. The first eight games went to the Rangers. The Rangers actually oh, yeah. ten games yep. in the first half. They went nine and one against yeah, the Astros. Houston and I was know, dealing with a lot. And I know Astro fans are like, but Ricky, we know. And then if you look at the second half, series one, they go two and one. Then the next one they go two and one. That's four and two. And then two and one again. So they went six and three and nine and one. That was only four losses to fifteen wins. So 15 February twenty third, as we record this podcast, really uh, I'm so excited. I think that I think that number like fifteen and four. If they play nineteen again, because I don't think the schedule changes that much from year to year, I would say more. Okay, fifteen four. I'm gonna go more towards eight and eight. I think that's what's gonna <laughs> I think be that's right the, down the yeah, middle. I think these both, both teams are evenly matched. We're gonna keep an eye on that. As of the, course, injuries change everything. Days but, progress. Of course. I mean, this is only February. Spring mm-hmm. training games just getting underway, but which what, is nice to see. But wouldn't it be hilarious? And I know Venji, one of our huge Toronto supporters, would love it if Texas made the playoffs and lost to the Blue Jays again. We have to wait and find out. And uh, with that, well, bringing that up, uh, we're, we're ruining the game. I'm, I'm, I watched it, Sandy Koufax. I saw him pitch. You know, he's really good. And when it, you know, Ricky, that's what they sound like. Ricky, you know what you did? If you saw a guy bat flip uh, all over the place, he would get one right in the ear hole. I tell you that. And that's, that's what, what they, that's what they sound like. It's oh, baseball. Man. It's baseball changing, and I love it because I'm interested. Guys are doing stuff that keeps the game Hashtag fresh. Hashtag make baseball fun again. And more power to mm-hmm. you, Bryce Harper, and guys like Correa and Corey and Chris Seager Bryant. and Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, all of these young players, Nolan Arenado, they're so good. You know so what? many good players. You know what? I've said this to you guys, and I'm going to say it to our fans. One day I would like to find a girl that looks at me like Anthony Rizzo looks at Chris Bryant. I, that's, that's my I goal. I walk up and downhill both <laughs> ways to get to school. I don't walk people intentionally by sending them to first with a point. You know what I'm saying? Just... Adapt to the times, people. But baseball oh. never changed, even though it is kind of changing in front of our eyes. We're not going anywhere, so mm-hmm. we're going to keep an eye on the Major League Baseball season going forward. I know you will. You love your oh, baseball. Oh, i got to stay up on it, especially when the Cubs are going to repeat this year. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. One thing I want to say at the very end about that, yeah. it's weird not being like, oh, oh going this into is a season, year. Right. I know, it's, it's weird being game. like, oh, we won. And on that note, we are going to end this podcast. Ricky, my goodness, really awesome stuff today. Oh, thank you for having oh, me on. Fantastic it's, it's, a great deta- it's a great time. I know that we all have the same listeners here on MVP, but it's nice to 
talk to the MV, the BTP crowd. As sure, well as absolutely. The and you know what? MVP. It's usually just me. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we also mentioned bulls, a lot of bulls. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. I know we did. We talked Cutler. What What's the future for Cutler? Oh, Jay Cutler. Uh, mm. Bad, bad, bad. And we look at the AOS situation, and we're going to end it with that. Thank you guys so much for sticking around for the entirety. If you did so on blogtalkradio.com backslash behind the pen. If you're on YouTube, Bye, guys. Drop a like down below. Subscribe if you haven't already. Check out all the other content here on MVP. We really do appreciate your time. For Ricky Widmer, my name is Mike Rankin. This has been Behind the Pen. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you all next time. Got to hit him with the finger guns. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.